we, we talked about the three rebellions that, that happened on the earth, and we addressed those. And so today, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to teach you what, how Jesus, what Jesus did to counteract those rebellions. Okay? Today, we're talking about, what did I say the title was, Michael? Uh, not, not, what now? Fire insurance only. You know, I told you that, I remember that minister uh, a long time ago. I can still see him. I, don't even, I guess he's alive. I don't know. But uh, he, he sort of gave up on the ministry. It was, it was a Pentecostal line of things. And uh, he actually one time preached from his roof. He said, if, if so many people came, I, I can't remember the number. He said, if y'all will get so many people, I'll go outside the church and preach from the roof. And they came, and he did. But he finally, I don't know what happened, but I remember I heard him out of, his, out of his own mouth. He said, I'm tired of all that junk. He said, all I want is my fire insurance. And I got my fire insurance. So he left the ministry with his fire insurance. You know what he's talking about, right? He got his salvation, so I ain't worried about anything else. Jesus' first coming was about much more than just fire insurance. But that's what we think about, don't we? salvation. He came to save me and make me a pathway to, to be back with him. But if you look in your Bible, in 1 Timothy, and, and Amy, there are going to be a bunch of verses today. Uh, 1 Timothy 2.4. I mean, we should be teaching out of the Bible, right? And then what we're doing? 1 Timothy 2.4. Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Just burn it in your spirit, in your mind. That's God's will for your life. That's God's will for everybody. That they all be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's his will. What's God's will for my life? He wants you to be saved and to come to the knowledge of his truth. Um, obviously, salvation is right, number one. I mean, that's obviously simple. But then what's this knowledge of the truth? I look it up in the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, and knowledge is clear, certain perception of that which exists. A clear and certain perception. You've got to realize that it's true and it exists. That's knowledge. It must exist. A truth is conforming to fact or reality. You could have a correct opinion. Remember I did the Bible quiz and remember, the, the kids were up here, the whole, the whole stage was full of the kids, and then they didn't know what true or false meant. I, I didn't know that. Remember Ella? You know, she said, what are you? I said, these, these are true and false questions, and not a single one. They, that's, they did not have the concept of what true, they were not old enough. They didn't have the concept of what true and false. Y'all remember that? What do you mean true? And I thought, I thought everybody knew true and false, but everybody doesn't know. You have to grow to a certain point uh, to, to understand those things. Anyway, so, so many Christians believe that Jesus just, he just came to die for a sin, just for fire insurance. And is that correct? You, take, just take a guess, say no, no. He came for much more than that. Uh, well, more than that. Anyway, let me, uh, let me nail some of these things down here just so you know. Go, go, with, uh, go to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15, 1. 1 Corinthians 15, in God's Word. We'll just do 1 through 4. That's good enough. The Bible says, 
Moreover, brethren, brothers, believers, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you. Paul's, who's speaking? Who's writing? Paul. Preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. We're not believing in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. Who gave him this message? Who? Come on. Jesus. How long did he spend with Jesus? Three years. Same as the apostles, okay? In the desert. And for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That is the gospel of grace. That is how we today, everybody today, is born again by believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, John 3.16 is not your gospel. It just says believe in Jesus, believe in him. And it's more that you have to believe in what he did. See, that's why there's no works involved. That's why the Old Testament saints had to do a little work, had to repent and be baptized. We don't have to do anything because Jesus did the work. Make sense? All right. So, Ephesians says, what does Ephesians 2, 8, 9 say? You say, by grace, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest we're going to brag about what we did. Look what I did. Look, I got saved. Look what I did. And so it's, not, it's all about grace. You understand that. The gospel that we have today is different than what's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The gospel of grace. I mean, they didn't know, they, they didn't know Jesus was going to die. They didn't know these things. He hadn't died. He hadn't rose again. They had to believe in who, that he was God, and he's God in the flesh. That's what they had to believe. So the gospel's a little bit different. Um, the Old Testament saints couldn't believe this because Paul wrote in Corinthians. You understand, they couldn't believe that because he just, Paul got it after them. You follow me? It hurts, it messes people up sometimes when you try to figure it out. How many prophecies were, were told about Jesus' coming in his life? Do you have any idea how many? You go back through the Bible and read all the prophecies talking about Jesus being born, him coming to earth, him dying, him suffering. Roughly how many? Anybody know just roughly? Huh? No. Way more than that. Just roughly. So I take one guess. Huh? Over 300. See, that's why, I mean, that's why they knew. I mean, they sh- he's coming. I mean, that's why they're looking for their kingdom. They're looking for their kingdom because they've been taught the kingdom. Here's your, the king is coming. He's going to overthrow him. That's what they believe in. Our king's going to come. He's going to wipe out Rome. And we're going to live in, have our own kingdom now. It's going to be great living under Jesus. That's what they were taught. That's what, the, that's what the, a lot of the prophecy, and it, it is prophetic. It is going to happen. It is going to happen one day. And it said, I read this, 20 of them happened in the last 24 hours. Like, what am I talking about? All his friends would desert him. And they all left him. Ran out through the woods. Left, I mean, they, they left God alone. They're scared. You know, Peter said, I'll never deny you. No, I'll die before I'll not deny you. He denied him three times. I don't even know who you're talking about. But God made it right. 
Jesus made it right, right? He, he, got it, he got it right. Peter was the main disciple after that. He said he would be falsely accused. He said he would be badly beaten. He would be crucified with thieves. His bones would not be broken. His hands and feet were pierced. He would be born of a virgin. They would be gambling for your clothes, etc., etc., etc. That's all prophetic was in the Bible. All that was already told in the Bible. Pretty cool, I think. And it all happened. Everything has been prophesied either happened or was going to happen. Last week we talked about, hope you listened to it, but I, I can't go back again. Anyway, I'll try to make it where you can understand it. Last week we talked about the three rebellions by the Gentiles. See, there were no Jews until Abraham started the nation of Israel. Everybody before Abraham were all Gentiles. There were no Jews. Right? Right? And so this is rebellion by us Gentiles, three big ones that happened. When was the first one? Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve, right, ate the fruit. And they were, they, they were pronounced death and separation from God. Leave the garden and you're going to die. They lost immortality. Just the one thing they had to obey was just don't eat of that tree. The only one thing they had to obey. They couldn't do it. Have y'all seen the thing on, uh, what's that show where they had the hidden, it was hidden camera. You remember, the, some of y'all older remember hidden camera, and they, and they would put people, remember the, where they put, them, they put the kids in the room, you remember the one with the marshmallow? Remember that one? And they set them in the room and said, what if you do? You, 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 you cannot eat this marshmallow. And it's on a little plate. And they show the kids, and that, they, would, they would go down, get their nose, and put right on top of it. One of, them, one of the kids, he, he stuck his, it's a big marshmallow, stuck his tongue on it, came back. They would pick it up and smell it. I mean, they, I mean it was pure torture then. They said, whatever you do, you don't eat the marshmallow. How many of you think ate the marshmallow? A bunch of them. I don't remember how many, a bunch of them did. Because if it had said anything, nothing would have happened probably. But once you t- don't you do that? Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, I'm going to do that. That's how we operate. Y'all know that, right? Tell me what to do. And then after that, there came the giants, the Nephilim. Nephilim, remember that? They had angels came. Angels came down, and they had sex with women, and they produced some giants, Nephilim, and they were weird. In other words, all the human race's genetics were messed up. They got, you know, like we talked about last week, you had uh, uh, a horse and a donkey make some mule. So now you got weird things going on. And it was so bad. Remember, God took all those angels and locked them in darkness and chains forever. They locked in darkness and chains forever. He did that with them. He couldn't, I mean, they're done. I guess they learned. And what happened was, remember the Bible said, they, their thoughts were evil continuously. Genesis 6, 5. Their thoughts were evil continuously. They never had any good thoughts. It was so bad, God came through and erased everybody. The flood, all the animals, except what's on the ark, everybody except Noah and his family. That's how bad it was. He got so upset with it. Because, see, those angels had messed up the genetics. They had polluted the human race. Okay? The giants in the Bible. The last one was the Tower of Babel. That's where they had 
they, they, they got there and they said, man, we're going, we're going we're going to build us a ziggurat that goes to heaven, and we're going to interact with the gods. We're going to, in the, the, G-O, the little G-O-D-S, we're going to interact with them, and we're going to bring the gods down to us, and, and we're all working together, one language. And that's when God said, uh-uh, ain't going to do that. He scattered the entire human race, and, that's, and gave them all different languages. That's how, have you ever wondered, we talked about it, how do, how do you get people in Russia and people in China and people in, and, well, God did that. He separated everybody, and they gave them languages. You, you, so you just don't get up and make up a language, right? How about today? Let's just make up a language. We can't do it. You think, just logically think. God had to do that. You can't make up a language, can you? You can't do it. Anyway, so he separated everybody. He said, no, we're not going to have this. And so those were the three great rebellions that took place. Actually, the first 12 chapters of Genesis. Now this week I'm going to try to address how God addressed them. Do y'all believe that Jesus is God? Are you sure? <clears throat> John 12, 44 and 45. John 12, 44 and 45. Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that seeth me seeth him that sent me. So if you see me, you see God. Simple enough? If you see me. Try one more. Let's go to John 14, 7 and 9. John 14, 7 through 9. I mean, I want you, you need to see in the word, just not take somebody's word for it, just read it. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it'll be sufficient for us. Jesus said to to him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me, has seen the Father. And how you sayest thou then, show us the Father. Make no doubt about it. I don't know, sometimes it's hard to grasp in my mind, but Jesus was God. He was 100% God, 100% man. I don't know how he did that. I don't know how it happened, but that's who he was. He was God walking the earth. He was here. Now, go to Romans 3.23. Make sure you understand this. Romans 3.23 For all, are you all, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us in this room has sinned. I'll go to 623. We have to understand where we are. Every single human being. And for the wages of sin, you know, when y'all go to work, you, you get a wage, right? You earn something. Hopefully, you don't do it for free. When you go to work, then you get paid. The wages of sin... It's death. So what you, what you deserve, your payment is coming to you for your sin. It's death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So you have a debt 
as a sinner that's paid by death. But thank God we have a Savior, right? Thank God. Now, how could now think of, how could Jesus save us? How could he? I, I got a couple of things. I can help you with it, but I mean, we know he did. But I mean, what qualified him? What qualified him to be our Savior? Correct? That's part of it. Very good. No. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, yeah. But. No, when I tell you, when I tell you, you're going to go, you're right. Yeah, I knew, I knew that. All y'all going to say, wow, could have had a V8. She, no, she had a V8. There it is. He was a human being. He had to live a human life without sin to pay for our sin. He couldn't be as God and pay for our sin. He had to be a human being, living our life tempted just as we were and have no sin. And then he gave his life. He was the accepted sacrifice based on that. That's why he had to be all God and all man. Bulls and ghosts don't take away your sin. He had to be the perfect, sinless human being to die, and his blood is what paid for our sin. Now, you got that. He had to be human, and he was. Definitely was. He says he was tempted in all ways as we were. Now, if you, do you realize how many of y'all have had kids or been around kids? You I mean, the kids sin... What about teenagers? What about you? Jesus was a baby. As a baby, he grew up into a 30-year-old man when God called him. That's the age for priest, by the way. And he, 30 years old, he never sinned. I mean, 12 years old, 6 years old, wouldn't he have been a joy to raise? I mean, I think so. I think so. I mean, yes, ma'am, no, yes, pick your clothes up, no problem, I got it. You know, make your bed up, got it, yes, sir, already done. What do you want to eat? Whatever you're serving. A guy told me last night, what his wife, he, he talks to his wife and everything, we're talking about, and like, what do you want to eat? You know what he, you know what he tells his wife? What's on the menu? Ain't that right, Elmer? <laughs> what, I mean, you know, it makes, what's on, well, I want my choices. It's on the menu, all right? Oh, yeah, that's, that's all right. <clears throat> I was just popcorn and beans. Anyway, so he had no sin his entire life. Let's just look. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Just a couple, just so you see it in the Word. 2 Corinthians. Because, I mean, you got to think about that. He never sinned. He was like me and you, but he never sinned. He never sinned. He never sinned as a human being. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. But he was made to be sin for us. That's a heck of a price to pay. He paid for your sin. Who knew no sin. You know, what if you were born and, and God said, your purpose is to die. I'm birthing you and your purpose is to die. That was Jesus' purpose. To die. 
His purpose was to come. He knew all the prophecy. He is the Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is the Word. He knows all the prophecy about him. He knows exactly what's going to happen to him. And he still was obedient. Remember in the garden, he said, is there any other way? Remember three times, Father, is there any other way? My, his purpose, his purpose was to come and die for me and you. And he lived 30 years knowing that. Well, 33 and a half. Well, he knew that. Well, yeah, his whole life he knew it. And we still have people today that, that they don't see that. And, they, they, and they're destined for eternity in hell and fire and damnation. But they can't see this gift that God has given them. Your friends, your neighbors, your spouse, your kids, they don't see it. I pray that they see it. Go to 1 Peter 2.22. Do that one. No, leave it alone after that. 1 Peter 2.22. 1 Peter 2.22. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. And if you're taking notes, you can write down Hebrews 4.15 as well. All right, so first of all, he had to be a human with no sin. He had to be a human being like us, what qualified him to be our Savior. He had to be a human being with no sin. The next thing is, which is pretty obvious, he had to be a human sacrifice. Jesus Christ was a human sacrifice. Ooh, that sounds bad. He was a human sacrifice. He gave his life. Remember, he said, no, remember in the Bible, he said, nobody takes my life. I lay it down, I pick it up. <clears throat> he had to be a sacrifice to pay for a sin. The Bible talks about one man's disobedience, which is Adam and Eve, and then you had one, man, one man's obedience. I think it's in Romans somewhere. The one man's obedience overcame one man's disobedience, and he was the one who did it. He was a sacrificial lamb. Go to John one twenty nine. John one twenty nine. He was a sacrificial lamb. You know where that comes from, don't you? The sacrifices in the Old Testament. He was a sacrificial lamb. The next day, John sees Jesus, John the Baptist, coming into him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Do you see? Do you get in your mind when they say the Lamb of God, what they're talking about. He is the sacrifice. He, here comes the sacrifice. He said it. Here comes the Lamb of God. Go to 36, 136. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. If it, they all knew what that meant. They ain't talking about some sissy man, the Lamb of God. They're talking about here is the sacrifice. Here is God's Lamb for us. Go to 1 Corinthians 5, 7, please. You can write down 1 Peter 1, 19 if you want to, if you're taking notes. 1 Peter 1, 19. 1 Corinthians 5, 7. Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed to us. See, normally we think about a sacrifice as being bad, don't we? 
some kind of weird, you know, demonic sacrifice. You know what I mean? But no, th- this, is, this is a different sacrifice. That's how they just copy us. All the devil worshipers and all, they, they, they're copying what's going here with the blood and all. Y'all, you see how they... <clears throat> what's so important about his sacrifice? Had to be a human being, had to be sacrificed. What's so important about it? Was it just his death? Y'all know the answer. Okay, that's right. We're talking about that, but what about his death? The blood. Bingo, you got it. His blood. Ephesians 1 7. Ephesians 1 7. The blood, the blood, the blood. When the fact he just died, he shed his blood for us. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. That's how you're forgiven by his blood. His resurrection is how you have eternal, how, how you then in turn have eternal life. You have a new body through his resurrection, victory over death. But his blood is what paid for your sin. And we talked about it. He was a bloody mess. I mean, on, you can read the Bible. I mean, you don't have to watch the movie about it. His hands, his feet, his back, his head with the crowns, pulling his beard out with his face, whipped in the back with that, with that cat of nine tails just ripping his skin out of his back. I, I, I mean, yeah, he, oh, he bled a lot. I was told, I'm, I'm giving blood, and I was told you can give two pints of blood and probably be okay. He said you had eight pints in you. That's about a gallon, ain't it? About a gallon of blood. And so that's why you can give, you can lose about two pints. I bet you he lost a whole lot more than that. You know, pint, y'all, if y'all ever given blood a pint, it, it ain't, it's just a little dibba dabble. It ain't like much. I thought we had more interest than that. Anyway, what the Red Cross said. It was his blood. Go to, uh, let's go to 1 John. Go to 1 John 1 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. The blood is the key. His shed blood is how your sin is paid for. Sometimes you hear people, you hear a Pentecostal, they plead the blood of Jesus. I don't know where that is in the Bible, but I, you, y'all have heard that probably, haven't you? So I, I don't, I mean, we know that without the blood, your sin is not forgiven. The blood is what forgives your sin, his shed blood. So we understand now he paid for our sins. Human being, sacrificed, shed his blood. That's how he conquered Genesis 3, Adam and Eve's death and separation. That's how he overcame that, by his sacrifice and the blood. So now the forgiveness and we're back together. Okay? Make sense? Not Okay. Now. Let's go to let's go to the uh, let's go to the next one <clears throat> because when he in the Garden of Eden, like I said, we, not only were our sins forgiven, but we received immortality. See, every one of you as a believer are going to live forever. 
And as a non-believer, you're going to live forever too. But it's not going to be pleasant. But by us believing and trusting in Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, we have eternal life. And if that, I don't know, I've told you last week, you know, it, I'm, I'm looking more and more forward to it. Y'all might not understand that, but that's going to be a glorious day. Hadn't y'all got a lot of stuff going on, you might, you might not be disappointed to go to heaven, right? You know, you think, it, you think oh, this and that, I mean, all this, and how all, your mind's all whatever going on. You got different kinds of ailments and illnesses, whatever. Heaven is going to be a very great place to be. Have I been there? A lot of people say they have. You know, people tell you they've been to heaven. Just write them off. Don't, please don't, don't go there with that. Paul did. But these other guys thought, I've been to heaven. They're, they're, this is a church. They're teaching the kids that supposedly they're going to heaven every, every Sunday. They go back and forth, talk, they come back to what the angels told them. They, come on, this, that's, that's messed up. That's messed up. <laughs> If you, you, if you want to watch somebody on TV tell me that I've been to heaven and this one, this one that just the planet's guy, he just talks to God all the time. He just has conversation with him. And God asks his opinion of stuff. If you hear him, I mean, what do you think? Can you, you think God would tell you? Come? <laughs> what do you think, Gary? Uh, I think you should do that, God. Oh, that's a good idea, Gary. Come on, man. Y'all know better than that. You know better than that. Just, just don't. Go someplace else. Spend some time in prayer. Don't get caught up in those kind of things. Please. Let's do, so we know about eternal life, right? We understand we have eternal life, correct? All right. His resurrection was three days after his crucifixion. That's where he conquered death in the grave. If you're going to write them down, I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> it's like 10 till 2 back there. You can write these down. John 11, 21 through 26. 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 57, and 1 John 5, 11, if you want to do those. He, had, he rose again. His death and resurrection satisfied everything that happened in Genesis 3, sin and death. All right, what about the next rebellion in Genesis 6? We had angels who had sex with women, and, and they produced these giants. Goliath was an example of them. They polluted the whole human race. All these weird offspring with giants, six fingers, six toes. And, and it, like I said, in Genesis 6, 5, it said every thought of man, every thought was continuously evil. That's how bad it was. You know, it's got to be bad for God to say, I'm wiping out every human being except these eight. It's got to be bad when he says, I'm wiping them all out. You, it's got to be like really bad. He repented that he made, that he made man anyway. So he wiped them out, except Noah and his families. And did he just bring pairs of animals on the, on the ark? No, he brought seven of the, of the, young, of the uh, clean ones. Remember, don't, don't get he brought more than just two and two and two and two. Read your Bible and you, you see uh, he, the ones that were clean to eat and sacrifice, he brought more than a pair. Anyway, interesting. Now, how did, what did he do with all, in other, words, in other words, the entire earth in Genesis 6 was so immoral. It was absolutely the pinnacle of immorality. What did he do about it? Well, John 1, 1. John 1, 1. I've got to turn this one, I think. 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <clears throat> Five, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Always existed Jesus. All things were made by him, and without him not anything that was made. Made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. If you've been someplace with just a little light somewhere, it could be a totally black room, just a little bit of light you can, you can see. You know, you can see that little tiny light. Light is way more powerful than darkness, way more powerful. In John 8, 12, John 8, 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So when Jesus came, that all this immorality, he, back in Genesis 6, part of his walk on earth was he was the light. He was the light that overcame the darkness. Not just your salvation. Now, he, he is a light that would dispel the darkness. He became an example to follow. In, in, in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, it talks about we are to follow him. So, now, so Jesus came to earth for salvation, conquered death, but now he's also an example to us. As he walked to earth, he was an example. We could see what he did. All the lessons he taught, everything else. He came more than just have people saved. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. He was an example. Do y'all have examples in your lives? Do you, do you, are, are you an example? I'm, I know you are. Are you a good example? Are you a bad example? You, you learn from both kinds. I hope you're a good example. I hope you're good examples. So, so now God, Jesus is the light. He's being an example. We're told to follow him. You know, Paul says, follow me as I follow Jesus. He said that. So it's not Paul, Paul saying, yeah, I'm following him, so you follow me. He, Paul is our apostle. He is our apostle. The other 12 are not. Well, 13, anyway. They're not our apostle. Now, what else did Jesus do other than be an example? To conquer immorality. What else did he do? One more thing he did. You're going to know it too when I tell you. He sent the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Holy Spirit couldn't come until he left. And so he sent the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer, where does the Holy Spirit live? In you. Your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. As a believer today, everybody who's born again today... Jesus Christ, I can't comprehend that either, but he lives. But, you know, you can tell. People say, oh, that's my conscience, this and that and the other. You can tell. You ever done something and then sort of you got corrected a little later? You know, inside of you. Man, I wish I had said that. How many things y'all wish y'all could take back? Oh, I got thousands of things. My list is, I mean, did that come out of my mouth? Or did that, where'd that thought come from? Right? 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 But see, with God living in you, you got a correction there. They will say, no, wait a minute, you, you, know, you, shouldn't have, you shouldn't have said that. Or you should have said this, right? 
That's the beautiful, that's one thing that he did. Now we have a guide, we have a Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of us. John 14, 16, 17. John 14, 16, 17. And I pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Who asked for the comforter? What did your Bible say? Who asked for the comforter? I, I'm going to stand. Somebody going to say something. Jesus did. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. I pray, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comfort. He may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. Jesus Christ orchestrated that event. I'm going to pray the Father. I'll tell you this. I'll bet you everything I got, I'll bet my life that every prayer Jesus Christ prayed, he got. I don't think he ever said, uh, I, you understand, he got what he's supposed to get. Amen? I say, he said, I'm going to send the company, I'm going to pray that the company's going to come. Well, you might be thinking, wait, okay, I'll think, thank you, Holy Ghost. Yeah, but in the Garden of Eden, he prayed, he didn't get it, no, but he said, he didn't pray to do it. He said, if it be your will. See how the Holy Spirit can help you up something? See, he didn't say, oh, I know because some of y'all, I got I can tell. Some of y'all, uh-uh, he was in the garden eating. He didn't get, no, no, but he didn't pray. God, take it. He said, God, if it will, if, is there any other way? God said, no. Of course, amen. We go with that? I guarantee when, Jesus, when the Bible says Jesus prayed for something, don't you be worried about, well, I wonder if he got that or not. He told, remember he told Peter, Peter's going to, you're going to deny me. Oh, I'm not. I'm not going to deny. I'll die for you. He, oh, yeah, you're going you're gonna to deny me before the rooster crows, blah, 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 et cetera. And then he said, but what I have done, I pray that you be reconciled after that. That's my words. I prayed to Father, after you've been sifted as wheat, you're going to come back. And he did. See, he didn't pray that not, not happened to Peter. He prayed after it happened. Then I pray that you're going to be restored, which he did. Do you love me? Remember the three times? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? He denied him three times. And he said he loved him three times. Perfect plan. Perfect plan. <clears throat> I just need to send the Holy Spirit. We got that done. It's enough on those. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> you know the Holy Spirit lives in you. With the Holy Spirit coming and living in us at Pentecost and living inside of us now, then we have the ability, we have a much better sense of immorality. Before you were born again, did you do things that you would never do now? You didn't really think a whole lot about it, did you? You know, not really. But this man... <laughs> All of us have sinned. All of us have sinned. So I'm not, don't, I'm not throwing any punches anywhere. You have no idea what I deal with. So, uh, uh, but we still need to talk about it. We still need to understand what it is. Right? I made a mistake. No, well, you sinned. That was a sin. God doesn't like that. We wonder why our lives... You know, how many times do you think your sin is, has really affected your life? Raise your hand. You, 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 I'm waiting on you, okay? You think it does? Absolutely it does. Absolutely it does. Are you forgiven? Yeah. yeah. 
but it affects your life. Let's say, well, there's a pick. I hope, man, I hope. You know, you're, you're going out and you're with somebody and, you know, you're all, you're boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, and you get pregnant. You're not married. Is that a sin? Is it a sin? Yeah. All right. God forgive you, yeah. but you got a baby. That changes your life. Or you have an abortion, which I, I leave that alone. <clears throat> I leave that alone. You got to work that all out. But you're still forgiven. I was thinking about some people, they, and I ain't going to mention, well, I know people who have had miscarriages, and it, it, it's a, it, it just, it just it's, it's terrible, you know, how they feel. But, you know, you can't say it right then, but I'll bet you they're going to see that baby. I mean, if they go to heaven, they're going to see the baby. I don't know if it's going to be a little tiny baby. What's gonna, I don't know how it's going to be. I don't know that, but I, God, I think it's going to be all right. Oh, yeah, you, I don't know. What do y'all think? You'll probably see the aborted baby, too. I mean, don't you think they're in heaven? Don't you think? I don't think so. <clears throat> I think so. We all made mistakes. All right, now. So now, now with the Holy Spirit coming and with him being an example, with him being a light unto the world, walking here his entire life among all, all the people here, then that right there has conquered. The, that's, that's our ability to conquer the total immorality that was happening when the giants were having sex with the women. So now we have a light on the inside of us, Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We have a, a guide. We have a different guide. I'm not saying people that aren't born again don't have a conscience. We got a different one. Ours is just a little more in tune. I mean, uh, uh, somebody going to hell knows it's wrong to kill somebody. You don't kill somebody. But we have a little, you know, we know our words can hurt. I shouldn't have said that, right? We have a little different, we got a little different tweaking on, on our conscience, so to speak. The third one. What about the third rebellion, the Tower of Babel? All the people on the earth getting together. Hey, we're going we're gonna to get to the gods. We're going to worship our gods. We're going to bring them down to earth. All, all in one little spot there. And they said, hey, we better do this because God's going to scatter us. Well, they called that one, didn't they? As soon as God saw what's going on, he said, what are these guys doing? He scattered them over the whole earth, scattered them. Different languages, different races. That's why we ended up that way. So how did he conquer that? How, how, could he bring, how could he bring us back together? It's real simple. It's, you're, you're, you're 90%. I mean, I'm, you're, you're right. The gospel. The gospel. You know, there, 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 there should not be any denominations at all. You know that, right? There are none in the Bible. And you remember, we used to call ourselves non-denominational. Well, that is a denomination, <laughs> right? If you're non-denom, then you really are a denomination. We're just a Bible-believing church now. We have no denomination. We're not non don't say we're non-denominational. Somebody asks you, say, we're just a Bible-believing church. That's who we are. 
What's your denomination? We're just a Bible-believing church. I hope you're a Bible-believing church. I am. You should be. I told you about here. <clears throat> after, after Paul was brought, was with his conversions, his conversion, then Jesus took him for three years and taught him all these writings here. He wrote them all down from, from Romans to uh, Philemon. And then that he gave him the gospel of grace, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's different than John 3.16. See, the Israelites, they had to repent and be baptized. That's the thing. Please work this out. You get it straight. There are churches today that still go back because they don't know how to rightly divide. They go back and try to pick up in the Old Testament or in the, in, in the Gospels where Jesus said, repent, be baptized. You're going to be saved. But remember, Jesus was not talking to Gentiles. Jesus only came for the Jews, his earthly ministry. Remember? Remember, he told his, he told his disciples, do not go to the Gentiles. You don't go to them. Right? And so just get that straight. We have a different gospel now. We're saved. But we're all saved by grace through faith. We're all saved that way. But it's what we believe it makes a difference now. We believe in what Jesus Christ did for us. But if you go back in the, uh, who was it? Uh, she's gone. Uh, have y'all seen people? I don't have a, what time is it? The clock's gone. Oh, there. Oh, good. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank y'all. That's good. Anyway, somebody sent me, somebody sent me something. And there's this new thing happening now. Y'all might have heard about it. They're going through, I think it's in Deuteronomy 32. I, I don't know. I don't really get into all the stuff. But anyway, and people now trying to say where it talks about the foreigners invaded and took over the land and blah, blah, blah. They said, that's happening today. That's the border. That's the border. Right? Because the foreigners coming in and going to take over. Right? But see, that's not to us. If you don't know how to rightly divide your Bible, you're going to stay confused. You're going to believe this, and oh, I'm, all I got to do is bless Israel. They're going to, I'm going to get blessed. I'm going to get rich. That's not, that's not for you. Not for you. You have to know how to rightly divide your Bible. If you want to get baptized, we can get baptized. If you want, it means nothing. I mean, you, you can make you feel better, I guess. Got none, it's got nothing to do with your salvation. Not one minuta to do with your salvation. If you believe that, you believe you have a salvation of works. I got to go do something. Once I get baptized, I'll be. Well, if you believe that, if you believe you got to be baptized to be saved, then let's follow the logic with that. That means that what. If this don't hurt your feelings, something's wrong. That means that what Jesus did on the cross wasn't enough. Because he died for me, but that I got to be baptized to be saved. You just, you just demoralized. You just made fun of. You just you put down what Jesus did for you. When he died on the cross, he said, it's finished. So, the gospel is what unites us today. Should be no denomination. It shouldn't be any. Shouldn't be any. And you know, if we all, but see, today we got like how many versions of the Bible we got? 
probably 100, I don't know. They have a new one next year. There'll be no coming next year. It's, it's finances, man. If you change 10%, you make another one, you got a copyright. The King James is the only Bible that's not copyrighted where you got to pay to print it. Every other Bible, somebody owns it. A man or a corporation owns it. And you got to pay them to print that Bible a certain amount. You think God would allow that when this one is free? Oh, you old King James guy. Well, I, you can work it out yourself. I know. I'm getting back at them on that one. What do you think? What if, what if you get to heaven and the knowledge of the truth? You get up there and say, well, God, in my Bible it said this, God. Well, you know, Pastor Gary told you like a thousand times there's one word of God and you weren't reading God's word. I mean, it's not my fault. You knew better. And I guarantee, I'm going to look up, I guarantee that some of you that are hearing this right now, and you, you would you just thumb your nose at me and say, I am not going to do the King James. I, that's old fogey stuff. I don't believe it. You'll thumb your nose at me. Fine with you. We'll see how it works out. Don't say things ain't working if you're not reading God's word. Oh, you're being, you're being uh, uh, legalistic. No, I'm not. I studied it out. I spent hours studying this out. You can't do if you want to. Make sure you study it properly. Amen? Please. So, the gospel is what brings all Christians together. It's the gospel that brings us together. You know, we should be able to talk to any, some other faith, as long as you're Christian. We got a bond because we both, you know, you can be a Baptist, you can be a Presbyterian. If we are Christians and we have the same bond, we have the Holy Ghost living inside of us, right? And so there's a bond, there's unity there, Right? I know people that if they, if they disagree with me, oh, they, they wouldn't even talk to me. I mean, they won't. I mean, like, I'm, I'm like, what do you, what do you, what's, the, what's the exorcist cross, whatever that is? He's, he's evil. I mean, I, I don't, what's wrong with you? I've talked to anybody. I mean, if you're a Christian, we got something to talk about, right? Right? We have common ground. It's not, nothing that we can't talk about, in my opinion. So, anyway, sin and death was paid. By his blood and resurrection. Immorality, Genesis 6, was total immorality, was paid when he sent the Holy Spirit and his 33 and so year life on the earth to be an example. The light, the light of the earth. And the vision, the division that was that happened in the Tower of Babel. The division happened there was paid for by the gospel, the good news. Every person today, I don't care what, I don't care what they've done, I don't care where they live, every human being on the planet at this point in time, they're only going to be saved, be born again by believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. No other way. For anybody. Not for the Jew either. Now we're in the gospel of grace. There'll be a time when the gospel of grace... I believe we're going to be raptured. All believers will be raptured. I believe that before the seven-year tribulation. I believe that to be the case. And then they'll, they'll start back over with Israel's program again. And they'll finish Israel's program going this way. I believe they'll have sacrifices and everything else. That's what I believe. You don't have to believe that. But that's when that, the grace program will end. When Jesus came to the earth, God came to the earth. Get that, in your, get that in your brain. That was God walking. 100% God, 
100% man. And what he said, he meant, and he didn't make mistakes about it. He didn't make any mistakes about it. There's much more than fire insurance of what Jesus Christ did for us. There's more than salvation of what he did for us. He's brought us to where we can be united, and he's put a guide on the inside of us. Salvation by far, there's nothing more important than that. Go to Hebrews 4.15. Hebrews 4.15. Please. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Today in prayer, we talked about it. How many of you, don't raise your hand, how many of you have ever felt alone? Like, I mean, I would imagine everybody in here at some point has felt like I'm all alone, nobody knows, nobody understands, nobody cares. We all agree that everybody has felt that. That's a lie. You know who we've forgotten? We've forgotten Jesus. We've forgotten our go-to. It's just pitiful me. And we, we prayed it out this morning. You know how the wind and the waves, the wind and the waves, you know, all, all the stuff around you where you work and, and, and your family and, and your kids and your spouse and all the church, all these things can cause distractions and get you all jacked up, right? Work. I mean, don't y'all, y'all work, don't you? Well, you know, stuff happens at work. It messes you up, right? I can't believe that, blah, blah, blah. And so that can distract you and not keep your eyes focused on the Lord. But today we prayed it out, and I thought it was even greater. Well, I mean, I guess I, guess I can say it. I can't say that. I said I want to say But... I believe some of us have gone so far that we're not, we're not even distracted by the wind and the waves. We're so focused on our insides. The wind and the waves don't bother us. We've come back so far, it's just us. It's just us we're focused on. And we wonder why everything has gone to pot. Why the, why the whole world's gone to hell. Well, see, all you're doing, you're not, you're not even distracted. You're not looking to Jesus anymore because you're too occupied. We all are too occupied. And so then, well, I got to get to groceries. Wait a minute. I got to, you know, change oil in the car. Wait a minute. Okay, uh, I, that computer program, oh, I got to get that fixed up too. Well, what about this? And I got to... Uh, I got, to, I got to get this done. I got to get that done. Oh, man, I got to go see him in the hospital. Oh, I got to go see her. And all of a sudden, you're all that. And then what happens, I, I'm telling you, what happens is it gets so bad that you just, then you turn everything on the inside of you. And all you see is all the turmoil on the inside of you. The wind and the waves ain't a problem anymore. It's all about you and me. And you know that's a bad place. And you can tell that depending on, you can tell it somebody else quicker than you can you. You can see your spouse go, wait a minute now, you, you're, you need to sort of get together here a little bit. It ain't all about you. Well, that, that sounds bad, doesn't it? Well, it sounds bad, but we do it. 
We're just so focused on what's going on inside of us, we can't see anything else. It doesn't have to be that way. That's why I'm trying, like every year, please read your Bible. Like we've talked about last year, start in Romans, read three chapters a day, go just to Paul's epistles. Don't neglect the other Bible. Don't even try to start that with me. But just try that, three chapters a day. Shouldn't be too big a deal. You miss a day, don't lose any sleep over it. And then pray. Please pray. You'd be surprised. Can y'all tell when you, okay, don't, can you tell when you quit reading your Bible or quit praying how things go? And they sort of, they don't hit you like right in the face. They just sort of sneak in. They just sort of sneak in. And all of a sudden you, wait, how did I get here? What happened to my GPS? Well, you quit looking at your GPS. <laughs> you did it your way. You use your map. And your map is not going to take you where you need to go. <clears throat> Jesus is the word. Yeah, I'm tell, I'm, right here in my hand is the word of God. Right here in my hand. Available to everybody. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for all that you did for us, Jesus. How, how you, you, you died, you rose again, you were the light of the world. You sent the Holy Spirit. And you gave us the gospel. You gave us that one unifier that pulls every Christian together. Lord, I pray for those that are so in division. I pray for those. They may not know any better. They, they, may, that just, they may be thinking they're doing right. And Father, think about the times we've all thought we were doing right, but looking back, we were doing wrong. So don't let us. Please help us, Lord. Please be our light. Please be our guide. And don't let us get on that slippery slope. Father, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. 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 Amen.